Back in on the drive. Today's pop quiz was brought to you by Victory Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. The winner won pizza from the other place. Spec, what was today's pop quiz? It was Sugar by Maroon 5, who you just heard in the update is going to be your halftime performer at the Super Bowl in Atlanta this upcoming January of 2019. Big fan of that one. I like it. I mean, the NFL couldn't get outcast together for this. I mean, the, the, the Super Bowl is in Atlanta, Georgia, which might be the epicenter of hip-hop in 2018. And we get Maroon 5 for the halftime? That's the, what we get? But the Super Bowl always does this. I mean, I was at the Super Bowl in Detroit, and they had the Rolling Stones playing. And I don't know if you know that or not, but some pretty good uh, pretty good Motown artists out there. And they got it wrong in I Detroit. Yeah. This just seems like a very simple thing. We would all love Outkast. Who tell, you're telling me I'd you love don't Outkast. Wanna, you're telling me you don't want to hear Hey Ya during the Super Bowl? Oh, I do. I do. I'd love to hear Hey Ya, but no, we got to get Maroon 5 and Adam Levine when's during, a, the, pop, during Le, the Super it's Bowl. It's Levine, but I, when's the last time Outkast had a hit, though? I mean, I... I mean, it's been a while. Okay, maybe that. Maybe that's why. I mean, I didn't know Rolling Stones was out here churning out hits in the middle of the 2000s. I would say I, they got a little bit of deeper history than Outkast. <laughs> I didn't you know, know they I mean? were out here. I didn't know they were out here making relevant music in 20. When was that? 20, 2005? Something like that. Yeah, 2006. Something uh, around that. Coming up in about 45 minutes, I want to get back into something Matt Miller from Bleacher Report said about the defense. Right now, we welcome in Pete Sweeney and Joel Thorman who Joel Thorman maybe has the worst memory in recorded history. We had an example of that last week. We'll have another example today. Yeah. I thought you guys weren't going to make fun of me. No, that's, that's what we <laughs> A little do. respect around here no, would be nice. Respect what, man? Yeah. I got four last week. So. You did. Well, you can only go up from there unless you go down. I, that's the thing is I'm probably going to get worse. I'm yeah. just going to be the one you guys all pick on. That's what I'm afraid of. And now I'm like, my confidence is totally jarred. Here. Good. So you're basically yeah, Orlando Skandrick is what you're trying to tell <laughs> yeah. us when it comes to hey, the, pro fo- the pro football focus Adam Raider is the best corner last week, so that's good. Yeah, I'm sure did. you did. guys see that? What? Yeah. The, the pro, I, I called it the um, – here, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read this for you guys just so you have it. I call it the, the stat that's the biggest lie of the year, and here's what it is. From Pro Football Focus, Skandrick spent 58 snaps in coverage against Pittsburgh. He was targeted eight times, yet only allowed one reception for zero yards. His 58.0 coverage snaps per reception allowed not only led the league in Week 2, but it was also a clear eight snaps higher on average than the next cornerback. This is why I hate analytics. You're trying to tell me. I don't see any mention in here about the holding penalty that wiped out the Chris Jones touchdown. Yeah, I was going to say that's minus seven right there. They would have gone not, up 35 that's or 20 That's what drives me crazy about this stuff. Just, but who knows where that penalty actually was? Did we ever figure out where that penalty no, was? No, there's no video no. of it. How is there no video of it? Either one of you guys watched the All-22 on that? Yeah, yeah. Can you see the, the I did. I No, no. It definitely did not come before the fumble. Yeah. Which is weird. You guys out here saying that the NFL is trying to keep the game close? Is that what you guys are out here suggesting You know, right now? <sighs> It, that that was that was a big swing, but as far as the coverage goes, we've been killing them for weeks. So it's good good to hear that. I know what you mean, but yeah, like, come on. Uh, it, you it, told it me the good. Orlando Scanner was the best corner last week in the NFL. Coverage wise, it's by the numbers. I guess. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's I why guess. numbers lie to you. You could just tell that Thorman wanted no part of the. Do you think the NFL is fixed? He was like, I'm not going to do my political connects when it comes to that. He looked at me like, Yo, let's talk about anything other than that. Moving so, on. So, moving on. So let's talk about you guys' website. You did a poll. What is the biggest problem with the Chiefs' defense? You guys will not believe this. Yesterday, we were talking about the defense. The text line had me convinced that the Chiefs' defense is not a problem. They were saying, hey, let's not play two future NFL quarterbacks or Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and then we'll see a big swing in the defense. All right, I disagree, but okay. Uh, Biggest problem with the defense. You guys had secondary, pass rush, Eric Berry Health. Pete, I'll kick it to you first. Out of those three, what's the biggest problem with the Chiefs' defense? I think it has to be the pass rush because I think you've seen in the NFL over the years – 
where sometimes the secondary isn't that great, but if you can find a way to consistently, consistently hit the quarterback, get him off his game, Tom Brady comes to mind, even a guy who's that good. If you can get him down onto the ground, to me, it changes the game. Then your secondary doesn't need to be as good. And the Chiefs cornerbacks, what are they? They're just okay as a group. I think we can all agree on that. If you can get to the quarterback, you know, it creates a difference. And to me, it'd be good to see the pass rush with these four guys rotating now to just get home a bit more. I, I mean, I think the the origin point on the defense is always going to be the the pass rush. But to me, this question, I'd pick the corners. Uh, just need some more playmakers back there, like the pass rush. Um, they got home a couple of times. You know, they they affected some passes. I don't think they were, uh, you know, necessarily like the biggest culprit in the game. Um, but it feels like it feels like as a group, uh, you can go back each week and make a pretty solid argument for like secondary or pass rush. What did Herm always say though? Herm Edwards. What's he most famous for? Nothing good happens after midnight. That too, and you, you play uh, don't to win hit, the game. Don't hit sin. That too, but yeah, Pete, you play to win the game. And at what point do you know that you're just going to light up the scoreboard? So you play to win the game, and just make sure you don't get beat on defense. I mean, you don't need to be the '85 Bears this year, right? It's it's an interesting point too. In these first two weeks, I mean, you don't want to make excuses because the weather is the same for both teams. But it's been especially hot, even in Pittsburgh yeah. and Mahomes and the Chiefs are scoring left and right. So all of a sudden the defense is like, okay, we get some time to breathe is not getting that time anymore. Yeah. They look over and go, Whoa, we, we don't have Alex Smith anymore. We got to go back on the field. You know what I mean? So yeah. to me, that factors into it too. Maybe they're a little bit t- more tired than this defense as a whole has been used to being, you know, it's a lot of young players, a in college or B some of the returners. And I mean, I had them down for 70 being on the field for 74 plays. I think see that you had it in the eighties somewhere. It was 82. Yeah. Which is outrageous. I mean, that's a yeah. ridiculous number of plays. I think that does play into it. I, I'm not sitting here saying that that's the reason why, you know, they're getting barbecued out there. You know, and and they're giving up over a thousand yards in in two games, but I think that plays rough. into it. Yeah, I mean, it is rough. Yeah, for sure. I just look at the defense right now. It appears to be like a chicken or the egg problem when it comes to secondary or the pass rush. Like I think the most telling thing about Sunday against the Steelers, they seemed to know they couldn't get to the quarterback. Like they were consistently sending three. You can't consistently send three in the NFL and expect to get adequate pressure on the quarterback. Like that's just not how it works in the NFL. That like they seem like. A lot of times we heard, certainly, remember when Peyton Manning was throwing the ball incredibly fast? It was, man, you got to hit him, you got to hit him, you got to cause disruption. They seem content to let Ben Roethlisberger throw the ball all over the field and throw for 400 yards in this one. They're like, to me, they're kind of telling you, we know we can't get to the quarterback. Yeah, and that's, I mean, at at some point, I don't really blame them all that much because if their guys can't get home, like they're just accepting it, dropping eight back in coverage. Um, Results the past two weeks would say maybe you change it up a little bit. I think, like, I just remember, like, when Sutton was here in, like, 13 and 14, they just, like, they blitzed so much more. Um, and, and it just felt like they were more creative. So maybe I think this is the week where you just go all out, do whatever you can to get a pass rush. I think, like, yeah, I, I, corners. I think from, like, a fan and reaction standpoint, too, as long as the team is winning, people are going to realize, okay, it's a problem, but they're okay with it. When it's going to change and when that tone is going to change is when Mahomes goes out there and puts 45 points on the board and the Chiefs lose 52-45 because right. the defense yeah. is bad. Then suddenly you're going to be like, wait a minute, we got to figure that out. So they need to figure it out before that happens because it's looking like a shootout year and shootouts mean both teams are soaring. So eventually you're going to lose one of those games. I mean, it almost feels like to me, like we think our team, we don't think you're going to be able to stop our offense, you know, that much. But we think we can stop your offense at least one or two more times than you can stop ours. And if that's the case, then I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm okay with that. If you can do that, but you're right, Pete. If you get to the point where you lose 52-45 or 48-45. Something or, ridiculous. Like yeah, that. something crazy like that, then okay, now you now you got to switch it up. But I guess maybe, I mean, 
We've all seen how this plays itself out. I mean, we saw it in 2003 that the trying to win the shootout, it works. Man, your margin for error is incredibly thin in that game. I mean, in that game against the Colts, the no-punt game, they had one turnover. That was the difference in the game. It wasn't necessarily the defense. They scored enough points to win the game. But if you turn the ball over in the scenario, which the Chiefs have done a good job in not turning it over so far, that's all it really takes is you can score 31 points, but you have two turnovers. You're minus two in the turnover margin. You put the defense in a bad spot. They score on those drives. You lose the football game. Like I just feel like we've all seen this movie play itself out, and we know it doesn't end well if you try to win this way. I don't know. Maybe this team uh, has has an even better quarterback, even better weapons. Like Maybe they are the team that can go I would and take Tyreek everybody. Hill over Johnny Morton. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, on. I think, I think that's the argument against it. And like, defensively, like, there's still an argument, a hope that you're getting one of, if not your best defensive player back, and that they can get a little bit better. Like, I think there's some hope there that uh, the defense improves a little bit. Like the offense, though, man. Like, I've I've spent some time covering the 2009 Chiefs. Like, you know, and and even last year's Chiefs. Like, give me the 2003 season over 22-21 against the Titans. T- to your point, I'll buy too that. Eventually, Daniel Sorensen, who you wouldn't real you wouldn't call before this year an impact player, but Daniel Sorensen should return at least halfway. I would think healthy. And we said two be- new starters. In the we secondary. said at the beginning of the year, you look at these first six games, these first eight games, really tough schedule. You want to be four and four, three and three. You know, if you're talking about that chunk, they're already two and zero. Oh. Yeah. So if you can just manage to get to the middle of the season and say you're a six and two, and you're getting Daniel Sorensen, and hopefully, hope to God, Eric Berry at some point back this year, maybe the defense is a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe your hope as a Chiefs fan is maybe the secondary because you got a lot of young parts in the secondary. Steven Nelson finally getting reps as a consistent number two. You hope that those guys, by the middle of the season, maybe you get something from Tremont Smith, Charvarius Ward can be active for the first time. Like To me, your hope maybe necessarily isn't in guys like Daniel Sorensen, who are veterans. You're hoping that your younger and experienced players take big steps forward post-bye week. Steve Nelson made Antonio Brown take a mental health day. This week, so to me, <laughs> I mean that's a step in the right direction. I, yeah, he was—is was that what it was? Mental? He called in tired, or I, I guess he just—he just didn't come to work on Monday. So to me, I, he, you know, he was giving him a lot of frustration on Sunday, and we could joke around about it. I think obviously defense is a whole huge problem, but for Antonio Brown to be getting frustrated, they're doing something right. You know, what is that? Yeah, I, I, I got to look deeper at the tape. It's just always something with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like every week the Kardashians, different. Man. There is a different storyline for, the- for being like the most stable franchise in the NFL, which which they talk about. They got Bell, Big Ben's always so uh, dramatic about something, and now AB. Like- and you got to think about it. I would say pre New England, they were the model franchise. Like everybody wanted their team to yeah. be the Steelers. Longtime head coach, great city, ran the ball effectively. Defense, man, things change really. Yeah, what do they really have? Like quickly three head coaches in their in their entire franchise history. Yeah, they went from uh, Chuck Knoll to to Bill to, Cowher to yep. Mike Tomlin. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they were like the model of consistency. It has not been consistent, at least from an in-the-locker-room standpoint. Uh, right now, we're having our Arrowhead Pride uh, roundtable with Joel Thorman and Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. Coming up, Joel, I want to ask you if this is the most excited you've ever been about a player in your life when it comes to the Chiefs. Uh, talking Patrick Mahomes coming up. It's the drive. I think as Chiefs fans, you guys will be happy to hear this. Back in with the guys from Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, Joel Thorman, taking you up until 345. We will play 25 and a 45. That is our game where we just tell you what teams players have played for in the NFL. Spec, if you can, can you roll on NFL Network? Kurt Warner is talking about Patrick Mahomes. I kind of feel like he's a person like to hear his opinion on Patrick Mahomes, someone who's won MVP twice in the NFL and also been to two Super Bowls. Uh, John Gruden today, courtesy of The Athletic, quote, 
It is hard to find a great pass rusher. <laughs> I did, feel did, like he's like he trolling happen? us because he's made several comments like that. I mean, I mean it, that is factually correct. I mean, it is hard to find <laughs> one. I don't, I don't really get what he's trying to do to his fan base. Like, you have to know that this doesn't play really well. Now, he has incredible job security. He is in the year one of a $100 million contract, which is fully guaranteed as a coach. But you just can't think that this experiment, like, buys you any leeway. Like, you already did something that is very polarizing amongst your fans. Why keep poking them with the, it's hard to find a pass rush. We need to go back and evaluate why we can't get to the quarterback. I know why you can't get to the quarterback. <laughs> you traded the person that that is supposed to get to the quarterback. I watched Monday Night Football. I saw the strip sacks. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I just don't really understand what his end game is with this. It is, it is nice though that you have uh, another coach in the division completely wasting young quarterbacks' prime. Like, feels pretty good as a Chiefs fan. Yeah, I would say. I mean, how much, how, how much of the prime is like, still there? Like, yeah. like, like, truthfully, in our lifetimes, when have the Raiders not been dysfunctional? I mean, truthfully, uh, the Rich Gannon year. Yeah, that was about it. Plug for your next guest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, the Rich Gannon years were great. I I certainly would love to go to the Rich Gannon years in Kansas City, you know, where yeah. they went to the Super Bowl and had the MVP at quarterback. Uh, <laughs> speaking of MVP at quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. First two weeks of the season, he's basically AFC Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's out here throwing touchdown passes, throwing for a billion yards. Is this the happiest you've ever felt about the Chiefs? For Yes, yes. I think that's an easy answer. Um, I've gotten really excited about other players before, but everything about Mahomes seems so real. There's absolutely no fluke to it. Um, I mean, 10, 10 touchdowns so, in two so, games so is, go is maybe a little fluky. But like touchdowns, no picks? Is yeah, that- yeah, exactly. But like just everything around it, it's set up to last for a long, long time. Like you've got the coach uh, – you know the 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 right offensive scheme and just like everything about this guy looks like the real deal and like we've you know we've been in Kansas City watching him for over the last year and like we've made all these points like oh he does have the best coach oh he's got all you know he's like so physically talented like Andy Reid's going to put it together with him and like oh my god like it's all actually happening like everything we thought you know like best case scenario would come true it is i mean his only real flaw, real flaw is he threw a lot of interceptions in training camp which freaked a lot of people out right i mean because that's really translated to the game yeah but those turn into some nice clicks on the website in the middle oh, of august it so okay, it turns out it. Okay. okay he's okay. looking out for us too right. when you're in the middle of the summer you're looking for anything yeah. so the, the nice that he was able to mix in some <laughs> interceptions i think the key to this thing is he's a kid you see a lot of these franchise quarterbacks. It takes them a couple of years to develop. He's got an old soul. He's 23. They asked him what he did for his birthday earlier this afternoon. And he, he said he with his girlfriend. had cake with his girlfriend inside. You know what I mean? And he to watch me, film. Yeah, and he loves football, and he just wants to be really good. I mean, you heard J.J. Watt say something one time. I remember I was watching it was HBO. Is You only have a certain amount of time where you can play football. And so what he does is he devotes all his time to it. So I think that's that type of mentality. Mahomes knows the window. And even at the young age, he's super mature to know, I have this time from this time to be great. And he's all in? It sort of feels like, you know, when the Royals won the wild card game, we're like, man, we have, what do we have, three, four more years with these guys? (laughs) I mean, you're right, Joe. I mean, to me, that's the best part about this. It's not like we got uh, a 29-year-old Alex Smith from somewhere. Right. You know, or Steve Bone or whatever. We got you got a guy that just turned 23 yesterday, and, and he's and flipping the NFL upside down he just right look, now. He just looks, like, physically better than everybody else, too. You know, like, yeah. Alex, you schemed it up, and you did a good job like that, but, like, Mahomes, you're just, like, you're just you're just better than everybody. Tom Brady's changing the game, too. What is he, in his 40s now? He's 64. Too. So you could be looking at 20 years of being in contention just because Tom Brady is kind of changing the game as far as diet and stuff like that and playing at the quarterback position. That, so that's 
insane. Two decades from yeah. now. So I'll be in my I'll be forty nine by the time my homes could be done. You'll you know, be that's, quit quit bragging. Age. Quit bragging, Pete. <laughs> You'll be my age. <laughs> yeah. Joel, I want to ask you this, and I know Speck is going to have the Buzz Killington drop, but I just like to play the other side sometimes. Uh-oh. Is there any fear of flavor of the month? Because, oh, man. Hey, hey, Get hey, out of here, hey, hey, I'm asking because six games into his NFL Come career, on, I was looking at Deshaun Watson, and he was Russell Wilson all of a sudden. You're right. It wasn't too long ago, like, I know we forgot that Jimmy Garoppolo was the hottest thing in the NFL. Wasn't too long ago, and now Jimmy Garoppolo is old news, and now the NFL has moved on to Mahomes. Is there any fear, any fear, of flavor of the month syndrome with Mahomes? No, because I'm, I'm, I'm here for the long haul. Um, I know he's definitely going to have a bad game, and he's n- it's not going to be this crazy. Like, you know, in a month from now when he does have his first two-pick game, whatever it is, like, it's going to drop off a little bit. But, like, I'm here for the 10-plus years. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's more than than just, uh, you know, 10 touchdowns in, like, two games for me. And I know you respect this, too, to see that. Look at the Vegas odds for MVP. Fitzpatrick didn't come up with Patrick Mahomes into the top five. I think there's something out there that's telling people what you know. And, and I always look to Vegas because they just can't afford to be wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. To me, it's you know I think I think he could be the real deal even as early as this year because he's fourth right now in MVP. I mean, he wouldn't be that high up there if there wasn't at least some legitimacy to it. I think. Well, I mean, Fitz, Fitzpatrick's gonna flame out. It might be this week. I hope, I hope he never does. They have, like I hope a, he never they have a giant book of work on Ryan Fitzpatrick and the eight teams that he's played for, whatever it is. <laughs> we don't have that on Mahomes yet. I mean, I, I think I hope CDOT's wrong on that, but I mean, I do think it's a fair question to ask. No, it's 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 fair, but if you're in Kansas City, like it's just it's so much bigger than 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 that. You know what I mean? Like he's he's not going to be the flavor of the month like next month across all of the NFL because he's not throwing five touchdowns a game. I don't think. Uh, but in Kansas City, like I've seen enough, man. Like sign me up. Yeah. Text line 69306, yeah, but what is there to scheme against with Mahomes? He's doing everything right. That's maybe why, and I'll just be honest here, I like playing the other side sometimes is I think people genuinely think that. What is there to scheme against Mahomes? He doesn't. He does everything right. That, I'm not saying he hasn't played incredibly well. It's been ideal situations in every NFL game he's played with. That's not how football works. You know what I mean? Like, eventually a team will find one flaw in the Chiefs' offense, and they will exploit it, and then the Chiefs will have to adjust and catch up. I mean, hell, didn't we see it last year when the Chiefs' offense was the hottest thing in the NFL? And then for four weeks, they couldn't score against the Giants. Uh, this team couldn't score against the Jets. That I, I, I maybe. I'm cautiously optimistic about what's going to happen like week seven or eight because I kind of think that Jacksonville and New England will be able to do something and find something out that the rest of the league will then try to copy to slow down Mahomes. I I know I think that's I think that's definitely a good point. Um, I just think the Chiefs' ability to respond in a number of different ways is going to be like a difference maker. Like okay, you you figure out Andy's scheme. Like dude's pretty smart. Dude been around for a while. Like he's he's going to figure out some new wrinkles. The Chiefs have the weapons to respond to everybody. Like if you figure out how to stop Tyreek, like. I, I just don't think you're going to have that like four or five game slump where you do nothing. I think there's going to be games where maybe you go like two and two because you lost, you know, 40 to 35. But I just feel like they're going to put up a ton of points pretty consistently. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, and that's why I thought Sammy Watkins would play such a big role going into that Steeler game. I mean, they're going to focus on Tyreek. Tyreek didn't have a catch in the first half and they still were up 21 nothing right out of the gate. I mean, right. I, think, I, I think that really is the difference. No offense to Albert Wilson and guys like that, but I mean, come on now. I mean, Sammy Watkins is a little bit different animal. The personnel is just there. I mean, you have yeah. Kelsey, Watkins, and Hill. You've been talking about it. And, yeah, maybe this team goes on a skid. But as far as the offense going on a skid, you, you, you expect that not to last more than two or three games, just given the amount of different 
avenues the Chiefs could go to score. And I think you always got to go back to Andy Reid. I think he'll find a way to get out of it with this person. Plus, you always got Cam Irving you can throw it to. And Mahomes is like physical. <laughs> Mahomes is like physical talent. It's it's not as big of an advantage as like Tyreek's is. How his speed just like pops off the page. But like it's different. Like it's definitely something different. You don't just like figure it out. You know, like like right off the bat. Like people are going to figure some things out, but. I'm I'm pretty confident in their ability to respond to it. Yeah, and and we'll certainly see what happens. I just I I saw a quote from Pat Kerwin. He said it normally takes four games of film for a defense to kind of see what your strengths and weaknesses are. I just don't think any of us know what the weaknesses are for Patrick Mahomes. It just make it it makes it very difficult to evaluate him as a quarterback when I don't know what he doesn't do well. Now maybe we'll find out in seven weeks. The answer is nothing. Like he does everything at an exceptional level. But right now, I just don't know if we have enough information. And we know, like, NFL defenses and schemes, it's about information. Like, we have 11 years of information on Ryan Fitzpatrick that once the NFL kind of learns what you can do, like they learned with Deshaun yeah. Watson, it's just a completely different ball game. This year. I, I think until you find out what his weakness is, you just hit him. You do your best to hit him because that's a weakness yeah. for every quarterback. Yeah. Coming up on the other side, we play the game that Spectre loves. We are going to call it 25 in a 45. It's we the need game with no name. It. That's the name of the game. No, we can't. We, we got to <laughs> give it a name at some point. I don't like that name. 25, and we can keep working on it, but All the right. game with no name, we got to come up with something better than that. We need four callers. You pick whose team you want to be on, and we try to win you a prize. And we all give our score predictions for Chiefs and 49ers. I have a feeling that everybody in Kansas City is picking the exact same team in this one. We do that next coming up. It's a drive. Back in on the drive coming up in just a bit. We will get to our score predictions for Sunday's game. I mean, Joel's picking them to win at Los Angeles and picking them to win at Pittsburgh. There's no doubt in my mind he will have them winning the home game against the San Francisco 49ers. But I don't know. I haven't asked him yet. We'll find out in just a bit. But it is time to play. I like 25 and a 45. Fanning doesn't like it. The text line liked it. We got to figure out a name it's for it. It's a game with no name, It's the game That's... with no name, which I don't know. If Fanning really... doesn't like it, so the name is 25 yeah, and a 45. Yeah. It's not really, fair. I don't really know if, like, if you've never heard us tease the game before. We say the game with no name. I don't know if that makes you continue to listen to the segment or not. Like 25 and 45. You're like, what the hell is that? I don't even know what that is. People like, just like, each game. Oh, it's the game with no name. It's that really funny game that they play with Joel and Pete. So... The concept is very simple. Spectre will throw out an athlete. Let's use Randy Moss, for example. And then you, Pete Sweeney, will have to name every team that Randy Moss played on. You get 45 seconds. There are a maximum of 25 points. When you are done with said player, you say next. Does everyone understand the rules of the game? I do. Brad, you were the first overall pick. Of course. You were the defending champion in the game. I'm the GOAT. You were first up in the game with no name. What did you call yourself? I'm the GOAT. Right. Is that Mahomes laugh or is that a goat? <laughs> that would actually be another very good game Thank that you. we could probably come up with. All yeah, right. I got Andy and Grandview, right? For the yes, for the seventh straight day, one Brad Fanning came in with the topic Adalberto Mondesi is going to be in the Hall of Fame before he retires that's, from Major that's League Baseball. Not accurate. Carrington, can you confirm that what that's, I said is true? It's, that it's not hundred percent accurate, but it's not that Thank far you. off. It's not yeah. that far off. I've already said that I think he has a chance to win an MVP. Adalberto you said Mondes- he could be Mike Trout. <laughs> There's nothing he can't do. It's true. Is what one Brad Fanning has said about Adalberto Mondesi. Watch Watch very similar so to your topic, Jr., who's a bum, according to Ron. For 25 <laughs> and a 45 is living in the Hall of Fame. Oh, guys God. who are going to be in the Hall of Fame and guys who already are in the Hall of Fame. I'm screwed on this. 45 <laughs> seconds on the clock. It's all yeah. old players. You should yeah. dominate this well, game. And some current players. Okay. 45 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Max Scherzer. Tigers. Nats, next. CC Sabathia. 
Indians, Yankees, next. Andrew McCutcheon. Pirates, next. Avon Rodriguez. Tigers, Rangers, Rockies, next. Mike Piazza. Dodgers, Mets, Marlins, next. Greg Maddox. Braves, Mets, next. Barry Larkin. Reds, next. Back to Andrew McCutcheon. I can't remember where he went. Diamondbacks, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I was very shocked you mixed the Cubs with Greg Maddox. Yeah. Yeah, Even I knew I that one. I was thinking Tom Glass. Padres and Dodgers as well. Yeah, and, and, and he with, was on the Padres and the Dodgers? Yep. And with CC Sabathia, you missed the Brewers. I did forget about the, the Brewers because he was missed, there in that playoff run. Mm-hmm. Good call. I was shocked you yeah. missed the Brewers. 12 for Brad Fanning. Oh, man, that was worse than last week. Yeah, and, uh, Max Scherzer week. started with the D-backs. Andrew McCutcheon currently on the Yankees Giants. but signed a big contract with the Giants. With the Giants, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that. I, I didn't know currently that. Currently on the Yankees. Yeah. I forgot about um, Scherzer and the D-backs. All so right. 12 I'm for a dumbass. Pete was the number two pick in the game with no name. The millionaire music makes you... Yeah, get your heart going. That's what screwed me last week. I I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Do you want dead silence this week? What do you know about Make the music louder. (laughs) All right. You were trying to win a prize for Joey in Blue Springs. All right, Joey. I told him specifically, don't give you any NBA players. There's no NBA this week, Pete. I promise. Because, I mean, last week you had Shaq, and you gave me Lakers magic next. No, it was Weber. Weber, I messed up. So, Patrick Mahomes has thrown 10 touchdowns in his first two games. I have went back over the last five years in the NFL with individuals who have scored 10-plus touchdowns in one single season. Okay. 10-plus touchdowns in a single season. These are all wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. 45 seconds on the clock. Jimmy Graham. Saints. Seahawks. Packers. Next. Great pull. LeGarrette Blunt. Eagles. Patriots. Next. Latavius Murray. Raiders. Vikings. Next. Adrian Peterson. Redskins. Vikings. Saints. Cardinals. Next. Brandon Marshall. He's the GOAT. Giants. Jets. Seahawks. Layups. Next. DeMarco Murray. Titans, Cowboys, next. Jordy Nelson. Raiders, Packers, next. I couldn't oh believe with Brandon Marshall you missed the Broncos. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, he, he slaughtered it. Nobody's winning the, that, a, The Adrian Peterson one was pretty good. Yeah. You got all of them 13 for Pete. Oh, you only got me by one? God wow. damn it. Yeah. Staying on my average. Missed uh, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, the Dolphins, Lions, right? Bucks, and Steelers. Oh, I thought he played for the Dolphins. Wow. And Brandon Marshall's, you missed Broncos, Blunt, Bears, Dolphins. With the Steelers. DeMarco Murray played one season with the Eagles before he was traded away after my, he signed that big contract. Oh, yeah, my biggest LeGarrette Blunt memory is when he jacked that dude from Boise State after the game. It's everyone's member when it comes to LeGarrette Blunt. That's all we know is he punched that one guy after they got smoked by Boise State. <laughs> Joel's Boy- list is easy. I've, I've Boise, St- Boise State had a great run there for it, like 18 did. months. They it was did. a lot of fun to cheer yeah. for Boise State and like fake care if they got a chance to win the national championship. I really miss those times. Those, those are simpler times in college I, I, football. I can't look at their field. It just it drives me. It's, it's awful to it's watch. It drives me crazy. It's awful to watch on yeah. television. All right, so you you're the third overall pick. Moving up, man. Today. <laughs> I'm going to be the number one overall pick next week. So I'm not even it was announced that Jimmy Butler is seeking a trade. 
Unlike Pete, you are a fan of the NBA. I do watch the league. Don't him layups, Major stars (laughs) who have been traded in their NBA careers. Hall of Fame baseball player. Just put it on a tee for him. I mean, you called yourself the goat and you lost already. (laughs) Nobody's perfect. No, that's true. All right. Carrington, 45 seconds on the clock. Okay. Kevin Garnett. Celtics. T-Wolves. Next. Scotty Pippen. Bulls, Blazers, Rockets, next. DeMarcus Cousins. Pelicans. Sacramento. Golden State, next. Charles Barkley. Suns, Rockets. Portland, 76ers, next. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Lakers, Bucks. He played for uh, next. Vladi Divac. Lakers, Hornets. <clears throat> next. Kings. Oh, I did play for the Kings. Does he have to get like the Minneapolis did... Lakers too or not? No. Right. I didn't know if I got points for those. I, I could have gave you a Milwaukee. I could have gave you a... I don't think I won. I think I beat Fanning though. 14. 14! Oh, 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 14! Oh, yeah. I told wow. you that's that's, Travis and Lakes. That is clutch. Joel, we know you're not beating that. You might get five. Sorry, Joel, Joel, you got the easiest list of all. I, I accidentally saw it. Don't, don't butter me up like this. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's easy. Uh, uh, yeah. All right, Joel. <laughs> 14. Damn. We have a little dance on. The blog, father. Can see this. Yeah. I'm going to go right into the heart of the Vermeil era. This is so easy for you. 2000 to 2010. Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my goodness. This should I mean, be right in your wheelhouse. I started blogging in 09. This is really not that fair. You, you suck at this, man. You're awful. 2000 to 2010. Tony Richardson. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Kavika Mitchell. <laughs> Can we have silence on the set to let the blog father speak, please? Kavika Mitchell? You yeah. think I remember that? Scott Fujita. You're going to give me a Percy Snow, line, and I'm line, like, what? Linebacker from South Florida, Kavika Mitchell. Mark Bowrichter. 45 seconds on the clock. Bowrichter. Larry Johnson. Uh, so, uh, Dolphins and um, next. Scott Fujita. Saints. Uh, Cowboys. Next. Great pull. Chris Chambers. Uh, Dolphins and it, uh, uh, Broncos. Next. Matt Castle. Um, Titans. Patriots. Um... I should know one of these. Next, next, Sean Barber. Sean Barber, Redskins, um, and uh, where else did he go? De- Detroit? Yes. Next. I can't wait until Sean hears that. Oh, I can't wait. What did Sean Barber get? He played for the Eagles, too. Eagles, God, what was I thinking? We've talked and, about and all of Sean's the teams. Texans. And Castle made a start for the Cowboys like last year, didn't he? The Chiefs even played the Eagles last year, and Sean, we did a podcast with him about it. <laughs> We've talked about Sean's teams what multiple the blog, times. What the blog father get? Five, six. Oh, Let's see. One, God, I hope three, four, five, There's no five, way he beat six, me. Seven. Yes. Seven. seven. We're getting closer to hey, double digits. I almost doubled uh, what that I got last week. So well, I've, I've improved. See, I'm actually the most improved here. That is seven. Can you tell us what category you think you would dominate? Uh, 2010 to 16 Chiefs, I think. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll see <laughs> next week. <laughs> we'll we'll see. No. Why did you set me up we'll like that? We'll see next week. All right. Let's go around the room. Score prediction. Who you got winning this game? Uh, impossible not to pick the Chiefs, I think, this week. I got uh, 49 to 
49. <laughs> I love it. You got Mahomes winning the AFC player of the Seven offensive player of the week passes. again. 49 to 42. I think we're, we're coming back to earth a little bit. 28-24 Chiefs win. Yeah, I'm going to go with my typical score that I've picked every week. 38-35 Chiefs. I'm feeling survival week confident about the Chiefs this week. Like, I'm thinking about taking them in Survivor. That's how confident wow. I am that Kansas City's going to win. Pretty confident Seven in the Saints last week, too. Zane Gonzalez, you had to send him a thank you card. They won. I mean, I, I'm about finding winners out here in Survivor. <laughs> I'm feeling that confident about the Chiefs. I just, we always talk about how hard it is to go into Arrowhead and win. Like, I just feel like this is going to be one of those, you wanted to be there from a home's first start at Arrowhead kind of day. It's just, I think it's going to be a different kind of environment. I just, I don't trust San Francisco enough to go in there and win this game. What's the score, though, man? Uh, I, I'm probably like, I'm probably like, uh, Joel. I think they come back a little bit. I'd probably go 31, 21, somewhere like that. With them coming back two and oh, it really does feel like the most important regular season game in a long time. Yeah. Like real, really does. Yeah, no, it does. I would say it's the biggest regular season game since the uh, Patriots uh, Monday night game. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the answer. That's the the biggest... hype would be, is going to be out of control. If it they is. Win it's, it's going, especially if they score 49 points the way that Pete has them <laughs> yeah. scoring in this game. 49 on the 49ers. Seven touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah. Pete Sweeney, Joel Thorne from Arrowhead Pride go on there. It is the best Chiefs website on all the internet. It's even better than the official Chiefs website, in my opinion. You guys are the official Chiefs nice. website. Checks wow. in the mail. In my wow. opinion. I can't wait to play the audio for Sean Barber. Uh, coming up <laughs> on the other side, we talk about the Chiefs defense, as painful as it may be. Coming up, it's the draft. Back in on the drive. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to do the hits a little bit differently today. We're going to play for you the best audio from Chiefs practice today. Andy Reid spoke today. Patrick Mahomes spoke today. We'll give you the best audio from the Chiefs and the hits today. There isn't just one particular hit today, so we're going to do the hits a little bit differently than we normally do. Earlier on the show, we had Matt Miller from Bleacher Report at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. He also does a podcast called Stick to Football. Get it wherever you get podcasts. Coming up at 4.30, our quarterback, Rich Gannon, will be on the show at 4.30. But earlier, Matt Miller said this when it comes to the defense. Oh, goodness. My computer. It's acting crazy. Hold on. Well, I think some of it, man, like they, they put those premium picks on offense, you know. And, I mean, Pat trading up to get a first rounder and drafting him in the top ten, that takes some draft capital. And you know, they invested on the offensive line with Mitch Morris and, you know, even though Cream Hunt wasn't a you know a high round pick, that still picked it. You know, you look at the draft rounds one through four where you can get starters, and I, I think where you look at that, the Chiefs have gone offensive in those areas a lot. But then also, it it feels like, and I don't know if Veach will be this way as much as Dorsey was, but they were always trying to draft for two years ahead. Like, okay, we're eventually going to lose Tom Bahali, and D Ford hasn't panned out, so let's draft passing on so we we have a guy that in year two, year three, is going to be a really good pass rusher for us. Now, the flaw in that logic is that with these second to seventh round picks, you only get them for four years. So if you're drafting a guy that needs to develop, you might only have a two-year window of production. So that's kind of the dangerous side of it. But I think that is a good question. And, and one thing that I would like to see, like you said, I don't work there, but I would love to see them get back to drafting defensively from, you know, get back to the SEC, getting these guys who are ready to go. You know, you need to be in Alabama looking at, Terrell Lewis wants to use healthy as a pass rusher. You need to be in Dana Auburn. You need to be at LSU looking at Greedy Williams and Devin White and all the talent they have. So to maybe try and find some more guys that are plug and play. But Darius Leonard right now out of South Carolina State, he had 18 tackles for the Colts last week. So, you know, Chris Ballard is able to get out there and find them. I'm, I'm sure Veach is too. I think if you really look at the defense, I think the problem is twofold. 
Now you say we should move on from Marcus Peters. He's gone. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's focus on the guys that are here. So, all right, I'm willing to do that with Peters. I do think that Peters' absence is part of why the defense is porous yeah. the way that it looks. Certainly part of the story. But let's see what they do with the second-round draft pick. Let's see how the season develops. I'm willing yeah. to move on from the Marcus Peters conversation for the sake of this discussion. But part of the problem with the Chiefs' defense is you have not drafted and developed really well the guys that are currently here. Like, I remember being sold from John Dorsey and Brett Veach. Natano Passigno was a project. By year two, he was going to hit the ground running. That last year, very similar to Patrick Mahomes, was a redshirt year. And in year two, he was going to hit the ground running. He was going to be a part of the team. I looked this up. He has played in 12% of the defensive snaps. He can't even get on the field in year two after learning your defensive scheme all of last season, after another offseason learning this defense. He's already been passed up by Breland Speaks. I remember you were really high on Dorian O'Daniel. Man, he was yeah. a hybrid guy, played at Clemson. He was the guy that played at a high level, could at least give you something. Dorian O'Daniel has been on the field for one snap the entire Chiefs' time. The Chiefs have played 164 defensive snaps. Dorian O'Daniel was on there for one. It was like he just wandered on the field for the one, like accidentally. He just magically just was delivered on the field. Man, that's part of the problem. The Chiefs have been unable to develop defensive players you can instantly plug into the defense and can play from day one. Think about it. Over the last, what, five years, it's only been two players. Marcus Peters and Chris Jones have been the only guys that you felt like you could plug in from day one and could really help your team. That part of the problem with the defense is, man, where's the help coming? Where's the reinforcements coming? Tonal Passigno was supposed to be a guy that could help you with the pass rush. He can't get on the field at this point. Yeah, I think I think the deal with Passigno, and, and I'll give him somewhat of a pass. And the reason I say that is because, A, he is a project. He did come out of Villanova. They liked what he had, but they knew they were going to have to work with him. And one of the things that we've been talking about with, with the Chiefs is that they're rushing three guys, which means that you're, you're dropping D Ford, you're dropping Justin Houston, you're dropping all those guys back into pass coverage. I don't think that's necessarily Tano Passanio's thing, you know. And and if you're going to go after the uh, after the quarterback, then you're going to have Ford on one side, you're going to have um, Justin Houston on the other. So I don't know if there's really a place to put him right now. But at some point, though, don't you create a space? Like if you were a guy that wreaked havoc. If you were a guy that was a dominant run stopper yeah. or if you were a guy that were going to get to the and, quarterback. And, again, like, and he's got to win that battle in, in practice to even have that opportunity. You know, and, and he hasn't done that. Yeah, and I, I don't want to make it seem like Tano Passanio. I know he played at Villanova. I don't want to make it seem like he was some seventh-round draft pick that you were rolling the dice with. You spent the top 60 pick on Tano Passanio. By at least year two, you should be getting some kind of fruits where I can see something with him, and he's a guy. You're a second-round draft pick, and I'm not giving you a pass in the yeah. NFL when you were picked in the second round. If you were a sixth-round draft pick, all right, I'm willing to have a different kind of leeway with you. I mean, look around the NFL. Guys that are drafted in similar positions to Tano Passanio can contribute to your NFL team. He's been on the field for 12 snaps. Dorian O'Daniel, again, played at major college football. We ain't talking about Dorian O'Daniel played last year at most state. He played at Clemson. He yeah. played in big-time football games. He's been on the field for one snap. Armani Watts wouldn't even be on the field if Daniel Sorensen was here. Like, the guys that you're drafting in this and you're spending hours of film and doing it, they got to be good enough to replace some of the lower defensive players you have and guys that can instantly insert themselves defensively. And that just rarely happens. It happens on offense. I mean, Kareem Hunt would have found his way on the field. Mahomes was Mahomes. He was ready to hit the ground in year two. Man, you've you've done that with guys on offense. It didn't take Tyree Kill a year and a half to find a place on this team offensively. Man, on on defense, it's really taking guys some time to yeah. be able to immediately contribute to this roster. And, and we can blame Tano, we can blame Dorian O'Daniel, all that stuff. But it, how about the guys that drafted him? How about the guys that did it? I mean, th this team is is built around offense. The head coach, the guy that that 
I don't care what anybody says. Andy Reid's the guy that calls the shots over there. Brett Veach is GM. I got it. I'm on board with you. But when it comes to defense, they don't know how to draft and develop good defensive players. Yeah, There's been two of them. You're right. Peters and Chris Jones, and Peters isn't here anymore. So that's a problem over at one arrowhead drive. And I, I still firmly believe that I, I think Andy Reid knows how to attack defenses. I don't think he knows anything about coaching it I, I, or, or, or the talent that, that you need on that side of the football. That's why Bob Sutton's been around here for so long. He doesn't know anything about defense. Hell of an offensive. He's a quarterback whisperer. He's all those things. But the Chiefs have proved for the last five years, going on six years, that they don't know how to draft and develop defensive players because the guys that you got that are good were here before they got, got here. You know, I'm talking about Eric Berry and Justin Houston. You know, Dan Sorens is a guy they pulled off the scrap heap who's been okay, but the same analytics website that I was cracking on that, that said uh, Orlando Skanderick was the best corner last week also had, had Sorensen as one of the worst safeties last year. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think Chiefs have proven that drafting and developing defensive players is their biggest weakness. Well, I mean, if that's going to be the case, it's going to be very hard to take the next step as of an organization. It it's going to be very hard to yeah. do it if – if you can't draft and develop guys that can play defense, if you got the ready-made offense, it's just going to be very difficult because you're, you're not you're not finding great players in free agency. It's like not, not overspending. It's like having great bats and no pitching in baseball. Like you're not going to do it, especially yeah. with the guys you got to pay on offense. You got to get ready to pay Mahomes. You got to get ready to pay Tyreek Hill. You got to get ready to pay certain guys. Man, the money for free agency to go out there and spend and get big defensive players. I don't know if you're going to be able to spin it with keeping and preserving your offense the way that it is right now. You're going to have to draft one or two impact defensive players if you want to be a Super Bowl-caliber team consistently like I think this team can be if they can preserve their offense. Coming up in just a bit, we hear from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid as we do a different version of the hits. Coming up, it's The Drive. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another, seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Smart. 